Hi, my name's Steve Dozer. I'm the Community Relations Director with College Community Schools. And I would like to welcome you to our next podcast called Prairie Conversations. And again, the purpose of these podcasts is to provide our parents, uh, school community, with more insight into our school staff, students, and programs. Uh, our discussion today focuses on the role of an elementary school principal. Uh, we will talk about the job responsibilities of the building principal, staff development, parent involvement, professional growth, and, uh, and get into some of the rewards and challenges and with the many hats that principals wear today. And uh, with that being said, I'd like to welcome our guest, and Scott Shipper. Scott Shipper is uh, the principal for Prairie Hill Elementary School. So Scott, welcome. Well, thanks for having me, Steve. I'm honored to be here representing our amazing elementary principals here at Prairie and I also want to thank you for uh, doing this podcast for our community and for our school. It's been great uh, insight into what happens in our district and I feel honored to follow all the great guests that you've had already thus far. Well thanks and that's kind of the thing with this like you said Scott we're just trying to provide our community with some insight and what really kind of goes on behind the first layers of uh, uh, the district here. So, um, well, first of all, kind of uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and, and your road to your current position and uh, here at Prairie. Well, I'm starting to feel like the old guy around uh, college community schools. I was thinking about this last night, and I've been here 20 plus years now. Um, I'm originally from Parkersburg, Iowa. I went to Parkersburg Community Schools, but now known as AP. I uh, went to Central College, where I majored in elementary education. Uh, after Central, I had a wonderful opportunity to go out to uh, West Harrison Community Schools. It was a small school in the Lust Hills, um, right on the Nebraska-Iowa border. It was a great starting spot for me as a young teacher, amazing people. Um, there I got my feet wet in a lot of different areas. I was a TAG district coordinator. Um, I taught TAG for K-6. I taught 5th and 6th grade science. I taught um, fifth and second grade PE. I taught keyboarding and I know kids don't know what keyboarding is anymore but I taught keyboarding to third graders um, and then I also coached football, uh, coached wrestling for one year which was quite an experience for a basketball player and then was a track coach. Uh, after two years at West Harrison I wanted to get back into Eastern Iowa. I had the chance to uh, come back to college community schools. It was great. Um, I didn't know much about Cedar Rapids Prairie I drove by it going down to Iowa City for the games in Iowa City and one of my good friends at West Harrison found out I had an interview at Prairie and he says, oh my gosh, you are so lucky, I can't believe it. Um, what a great opportunity and it has been for me. I, Dave Brown, um, who was the principal at Prairie Heights at the time, hired me as a PE teacher. Uh, so for two years I was a PE teacher and then also coached high school football and middle school basketball. Uh, after two years, uh, Mr. Brown asked me to move back into fifth grade, and so then I taught fifth grade at Heights for a while, and then the, I had a neat experience or a great opportunity. I moved to the middle school as assistant principal for three years and worked with Greg Leadham, and the, it was great because my fifth graders actually went with me to the middle school. I was with them for sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, and then when they went to high school, I actually went back to Heights as the principal. Uh, Dave Brown then was retiring. I think some of the kids thought I was going to go with them to the high school because um, I was following yeah, through middle school. you already had five yeah. years of experience with um, them. I still remember a couple of them asking me, like, aren't you going to the high school with us? And I'm like, nope, I'm done after eighth grade. But I had the great opportunity to go back to Heights. I remember talking with uh, Mr. Brown. He was a great mentor. 
saying that maybe someday you could come back to be the principal at Heights after I retire. And I thought, no, there's no way. They wouldn't hire me. There's so many great people out there. This is a great position. Everybody wants it. And fortunately for me, I had the opportunity and uh, Dick Whitehead trusted me and uh, gave me the opportunity and it was a great experience there. I was there for seven years and then uh, John Spear, who was the superintendent at the time, asked me if I would be interested in building a new school. We had passed a bond. I know you worked really hard on that, Steve, or Prairie Hill. And so I uh, took up the opportunity, because it's not very often as an elementary principal, you get to start from ground zero or start from uh, building on up. And so where our school is at was a baseball diamond and now it's a great elementary school. So I've been at Hill now for, I can't believe it, seven years already. Um, it's gone fast. Well, you know, uh, with that being said, you know, with obviously it sounds like you had about 10 years of experience in your first job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. And that was a great, you know what, that really lent itself to, one, I think it made me more marketable, and I tell people going into education all the time, be marketable, but it really lent itself as a principal because I had, I could say, yeah, I was a classroom teacher, and yes, I was a specials teacher, right. and yeah. so it's really helped me to see a bigger picture as And a relate with staff who are having different things yeah. and different experiences. The hardest part was some days knowing who I was. My friend oh, who sure. was next, had the room next to me said, are you a PE teacher today? Are you a science teacher? And I just didn't know some days. I was yeah. a little of everything, right. but it was fun. Yeah, that's great. Well, what a great experience. So, well, you know, with that being said, I mean, you know, you're a principal today. So what, what, what led you to wanting to be a principal and in this current role? You know, I, I was very fortunate. My dad and my mom were both very much servant leaders. Um, they were service oriented and, and growing up in a small town, I think that's something too that a lot of people um, do a lot of service because they have to fill a lot of roles. And I, so I watched them do that. And, you know, I wanted to do something where I made a difference for others and I can give back and help others. Um, I also had some great principals uh, going through elementary school uh, and high school and middle school. Now I went to a small town, so our middle school and high school principal was the same person because we were in one building. Uh, but I had great principals and, and great teachers, so I knew I wanted to be a teacher and a coach. But I knew that after a while, um, I definitely wanted to be a principal. I knew that I had a desire to really make a difference uh, for people. Um, I have a passion for leadership. I love studying leadership. I love being a leader. I love learning, and so it was a great fit for me. Um, you know, I went, as a teacher, I had the opportunity to really make an impact on 21 to 30 students every year. Unless I was a specials teacher, you know, I worked with all the kids, but you didn't get them every day for all the day. Versus now as a principal, I feel like I have the opportunity to impact up to 500 students I have 70 staff members that I can make a difference in their lives, and then all the families uh, that come with our students. And so I just love it that I can have such a huge impact on so many lives um, through that principal role. Well, with that too, so, you know, obviously there's a lot of rewards, and uh, on the other side there's a lot of challenges. So I guess what, what would be some of the most rewarding part of your job as a principal? And then on the flip side, I guess, what's uh, some of the more challenging yeah. side of it? Well, you know, it's, there's a lot of rewarding parts of this job. Uh, I think providing endless learning op opportunities or possibilities for our students and staff, uh, you know, whether that's through the educational lens of learning or just becoming a better person. 
um, of the work that we do as educators, uh, just to improve those lives. It's such a great feeling to know that I'm helping them in some way to be the best that they can be. You know, you, you see uh, former students, they come back and you see how successful they are and their contributions to um, our community. Uh, I've been at Prairie now for 20 plus years and I actually have teachers who were my students um, and several parents in our building whose kids go to my school who I was their teacher or their coach or their principal even now, which makes me feel really old. Uh, but it's great to have that connection and to see how you know they went through our system. Now they're giving back in their own way, whether that's as a community leader um, in their career as a parent. And I think that's one advantage of our system is that you get to see them you know, preschool through 12th grade, and then you get to watch them as they go on. Uh, challenging, you know, there's challenging parts of any job. I think as a principal right now, I would say the f biggest issue, not COVID related, is equity. And making sure that our st all students have the same opportunities and possibilities. Um, and another thing that I see that can be somewhat COVID related, but is the mental health resources for our students. I've seen an increase in a need for that. Now we're very fortunate. I know that you talked to Laura Medbury in a previous podcast and, and she's helped us to get, um, and thanks to the support of our board and, and Dr. Wheeler and all of our district admin, actually we've been able to get some more mental health services for our kids, uh, more than a lot of schools have, but that's a huge need right now and seeing that um, can be a struggle trying to get kids help that they need. Obviously we have COVID. <laughs> Right. going on yeah right and that's and that's you know th those have their own challenges and yeah. they're all unique in every building and every yep. classroom and it's been it's been you know what it's been a learning process we've actually learned through this that there's some things that we're doing now because of COVID that we want to continue to do that we didn't do before whether that's a procedure or a process um, you know we do things right now with lunches separated and kids are on their own tables and they kind of have their own cohort that they travel with throughout the day uh, but we've seen some improvements in our building because of the new procedures and, and processes, so we hope to continue to use that. Yeah, and I always say kids adapt better than adults. Yeah, so. yeah. The ki you know, the kids have been great, and I've been asked that a lot about how are the kids doing. The, the kids have been amazing since August. They have handled the changes, the need for flexibility, uh, learning a little bit different. And, you know, and the credit goes to our parents and guardians and also to our staff. Um, they've done a great job of helping our kids transition through this difficult time. Yeah, because everybody's impacted. Yeah. And, it, and it's a together thing moving forward. Yeah, but, yeah, especially, you know, you think, look at our building, that's impacted everybody from our cooks and custodians to right. our teachers and paras and secretaries and leadership. So yeah, yeah. everybody has been affected. Transportation. Transportation, yeah. Yeah, it looks different. We've added, you know, had to add buses to our, uh, shuttle buses because we had to make sure we had enough seats sure. so yeah well you know and you know you mentioned our elementary schools and you know all of our elementary schools kind of have uh have similar demographics but each kind of ha may have some different programming uh you know based on their unique mm -hmm. learning needs or the building the way the building's set up but uh, can you talk about some of the different programming about the you know some of the different program programming in our buildings yeah and so we are very unique uh, i think i've been told there's only one other district that we're aware of maybe in the country that's similar to us that has a K2 campus system that's spread out like we are. 
Uh, we do have five amazing elementary schools. Uh, we're unique that we don't have a neighborhood school. Uh, so if I live in one neighborhood, I don't necessarily go to that school. Uh, like for example, in my neighborhood, my kids went to Heights and then one, my daughter went to Hill when I went there. Uh, but our neighbors went to View and to Crest and Ridge, and so we were all in different schools. Uh, we try to balance out our schools for um, using several factors. Uh, we, we really do believe that all of our elementary schools provide an amazing learning experience and they're ready to go on to Creek afterwards. Um, in our elementaries, we all have different programs, but we also have similar ones. Uh, for example, in three of our elementaries right now, we have uh, full-time or part-time ELL services, so we have ELL teachers. Uh, that doesn't mean we don't have ELL teachers that go to the other two buildings. They may be one or two students that receive services, but for the most part, our ELL students go to one of three buildings. Uh, all of our buildings have special education services, which include a focus on academic, uh, physical, and behavioral disabilities. A couple of our schools have some specialties, like for example at Hill we um, do have some uh, aut autism program focus in our building, and so we have two uh, programs with a focus on autism. I know that Heights has a couple of programs that has a focus with um, autism and also some medical disabilities, and then Ridge has you know, a focus on some severe and also medical disabilities, but also behavioral and academic, and View and Creston as well have the academics and um, behavioral disabilities programs as well. Uh, we also all have a talented and gifted program in all of our buildings. Um, at Hill, we have AK, which is kind of unique uh, in the state of Iowa, which is alternative kindergarten. So for some of our younger students or students that are just need an extra year, they might not be the youngest, but they need that extra year before kindergarten. Um, and then we all have preschool. And then of course, I, I think most people know this, but we all have what's called encore or specials, whether that's um, art, music, world language, PE. And then we have a library service, technology, and counseling services. So across the board, we provide a lot in all five of our elementaries. That's that's great. That's tremendous. So, you know, you know, you're talking about the programming. So let's kind of flip it a little bit and let's uh, kind of talk about parents and students here. So, um, Scott, what advice would you give uh, to parents who, you know, that first year? parent or first year mm -hmm. kindergartner, you know, that's always a, an exciting and new experience for the parent and for the child. But what advice would you give to parents of uh, incoming kindergarten students who are sending their child to school for the first time? Uh, the advice I always give parents, whether they're new to our school or kindergarten parents, first time parents, is that be involved in your child's learning. And that may be um, through volunteering at school or it might not be. I know that not everybody's uh, job or career allows for them to volunteer during the day, but be involved, whether that's at home or at school. Um, most importantly, I think, you know, when you're at home talking with a child about their education, it shows them how important this is. And we know that education is very important for all of our kids. Um, <clears throat> so asking them about their day, asking them, what are you learning? Uh, reading a book with them, sitting down and just having, it doesn't have to be an hour long, it doesn't have to be you know, 30 minutes long, just spending five to 10 minutes a day, whether that's at the dinner table, and I know the dinner table or supper table doesn't happen so much because of activities now, but maybe in the car on the way to soccer practice. Ask them about their day, what did you learn today? What was something that you, 
you know, you learned today, what was the growth for you today? Or was something that you, you know, even talk to them about some of the failures because it's good to show kids that it's okay to fail at school sometimes and to learn from those failures, but get involved with them. Obviously, if you can be involved at school, like if you can volunteer even just once or twice, that's great. Our kids love seeing uh, volunteers in our building. It shows them adults really do um, think that school matters. But I know, again, that that doesn't work for everyone. So at, just be at home, be involved with them while you're at home. That's great advice. That is really great advice. Um, well, you know, what advice would you give a student, like a, a fourth grade student, um, you know, because they transition over to, yeah. uh, it's a big transition because all of our elementaries feed into Prairie Creek, which yep. is our intermediate building that serves fifth and sixth graders. So yeah. what advice would you give to the student, the fourth grade student themselves before they transition to Creek? Well, you know, first off, I think I want to shout out to the Prairie Creek staff. I think they do a phenomenal job. You know, they have kids for two years total. Uh, and the job that they do, the growth in the students, um, both emotionally, socially, um, but also academically is amazing. You know, as uh, seeing it as an educator, I've been so impressed. Um, I had the opportunity to walk through last week with Miss McDonald and see some of my former students. And it's just great to see them just loving learning and being there. But also as a parent, I really appreciate what they've done there. You know, I'm gonna use our Hill mantra. Our mantra is work hard, be nice, and have fun. And so for our, I tell fourth graders when we used to have our promotion, which I don't know if we'll have anymore uh, because of COVID, but we used to say, you know, I tell them embrace the new challenges. As you go on the creek, yeah, elementary was a great opportunity. We love the experience. We don't want you to ever forget us, but embrace the new challenges you're gonna face. And it's okay to be challenged. We want you to be challenged. That's when you learn and grow the most. And it's not always fun. Um, I know firsthand, I don't always like it when I have to learn and grow because I failed or have a challenge, but embrace that. And you know, those opportunities, you're gonna have great opportunities um, that you're gonna face or you're gonna be afforded in your educational journey. So embrace that and work as hard as you can at learning and also with collaboration with others because that's going to be so important when you leave college community is to have those opportunities of those skills to be able to be a learner and a collaborator and you talk to people who are hiring they want someone that's going to learn you don't necessarily need to know how to do the job but we want someone to learn how to do the job but more importantly will you collaborate and be a good communicator with your team uh, you know not everything is going to be easy and that's okay but be nice to everyone you meet and embrace their differences and the unique contributions that they bring to Creek. Uh, you know, when you join in with other schools, you're gonna be meeting new kids for the first time. Embrace them and embrace their individual um, perspective and their beliefs, just like they're gonna embrace your individual perspectives. And that's what makes College Community such an amazing district is that the blend and the, the, the numerous people and the multiple perspectives and beliefs and, um, talents that we have coming through the doors here every day and so embrace that um, you know and then finally have fun with your journey school goes so fast I remember someone telling me oh it just goes so fast when your parent and your kid starts kindergarten and boom they're a senior um, it does go really fast as a parent I have that experience as an educator thinking about kids that I had uh, it goes really fast so for the kids embrace it and have fun yeah, that's great advice, and like you said, it's the journey. It's not always mm -hmm. the end result of graduation. It's the journey from K through yeah. 12, and that's that's what they need to embrace. So, well, you know, as a building leader, Scott, you know, um, 
so we're going to talk about some leadership things now a little bit. So, you know, as a building leader, what, what does a positive school culture look like? And, um, and as a leader, how do you foster that with staff, students, parents in our community? Yeah, there's a lot of viewpoints and opinions on what a positive school culture looks like and, you know, how you grow that. And first off, I think a positive school culture um, is about everyone. It's not just about one person. It's not just about a group of people. It's about everyone in the school uh, embracing that. And we worked really hard at Hill from day one talking about what kind of school would we want to go to as a kid? What kind of school do we want to teach in and work in? And how important is the positivity to us in keeping a culture of where kids can have endless learning possibilities? We want it to be a place where kids want to be you know, every day and they want to be there and they can work hard and have fun. Uh, so there's a lot of qualities of a positive school culture. Some of them are visible or heard. So you can walk in a building and you probably know from your experience, you visited hundreds of schools by now. Uh, you can walk in and you can just feel it sometimes when you walk in, but you also hear it. You hear the way the interactions between students, uh, you hear interactions between staff and students. You know, you can just see that positivity radiating uh, from both students and staff when they talk to each other. Yeah. You know, you can't really describe it, but you can, once you see it, you can go, oh yeah, that's what it really looks like. Uh, you know, you see and hear the joy from students when they accomplish you know, something maybe that was hard for them or even it wasn't hard for them, but just hearing that joy of, yeah, we did it and we did it together. Uh, you know, students in a, in a safe culture or a positive school culture, students are given endless learning opportunities and, you know, they know that it is a safe place to try new things and to learn from their failures. Probably the most important thing for a school leader to do is to connect with students, staff, and parents and guardians. And I know as this, it can be hard, especially during COVID with the restrictions and with everything going on, but connection is so important to build relationships. And if you have that connection and that relationship, that's when you can build that um, positive school culture. That's or have people, open conversations because you have the relationship, whether it's a difficult yep. situation or a positive yep. situation. Because part of that school culture is people buying into that purpose and living that purpose. and. You're not going to buy in or be a part of that purpose if you don't have that connection. If I don't feel connected to this organization or I don't f feel connected to my team, I'm not really buying into that purpose. And so having that connection helps others to have that, get buy into that purpose and to live that out through their um, time at Hill. Well, and then, you know, you know, keeping the t subject of leadership. So, you know, how, how do you build leadership in your school? You know, you, you want to develop leaders th in your own building mm -hmm. and in your and in your opinion, Scott, I guess, uh, you know, how do you develop leaders within your own building? Well, you know, I've, I tell our staff that every person is a leader in our building. If you work at Prairie um, and you work at one of the buildings, you are a leader in your own way. And some people may be uh, you know, whatever your position is, whether you're a custodian, you're a teacher, a para-secretary, um, if you're, you know, a, a cook, you are a leader because in that moment you are leading people, young lives, um, through their learning process and you have an important role in that. So I truly believe that, you know, every individual that works in a school is a leader in some capacity, which really lead, lends itself to that positive school culture and that uh, culture of excellence and achievement because you know, I really feel like when educators, and, and I, when I use the word educators, I tell my staff that includes everyone that works in our school. 
you're an educator, if you're, whether you're a teacher, the principal, the secretary, whoever, you're an educator. Uh, educators who are in leadership roles are invested in that mission and invested in that purpose um, of your school. And so I think you can go farther with your school because you have people invested in that mission and purpose as a leader. You know, when you're a leader, you see that through a different lens sometimes than if you're not a leader. And so I think that just only enhances the school experience for other, uh, everyone. Um, I think it's important to find opportunities for educators who want to be leaders. Uh, we definitely need to focus on growing more educational leaders, not only in our district, but also in our schools throughout Iowa and, and the nation. We have a lot of great people uh, who could be great leaders, and we need to continue, if we're going to have the great education that we have, to continue to, to grow our own leaders and to have right. them come keep up Keep the through. great staff members Yeah, here. we want to keep them as leaders because that's only going to make your uh, school system better. And, and I am a little biased because I had that opportunity. Not everybody gets that opportunity. Um, you know, some others in our district have had that opportunity where they were teachers and then went through leadership roles. I think of uh, Tracy Shipper and Laura Medbury were two examples who you know, they were teachers here, and then they had leadership roles, and now they're working in district administration And they, after being building principals, and it only enhances uh, your work. And so we need quality leaders, and education is tough. It's a tough field right now, and we need quality leaders, and so we need to keep growing. And we want to find roles for people to be in that leadership role. Uh, and when they get in that role, we want to grow them into leaders, whether that's as a paraleader on their team or a teacher lead. Uh, but we want to mentor them, and so I try really hard to mentor them, and that's, you know, it's like coaching. You're a basketball coach. Each player you coach a little bit differently based on what they need at that time, you know, the feedback. And they all grow differently in yeah, different speeds. Exactly. Yeah. They all yeah. want something different, and so I think we need to mentor and encourage people to get into leadership or to think about leadership, especially when you see qualities in them, but also then to coach them based on their strengths and whatever needs they have and experiences. Uh, I want them to grow through actual leadership. You can talk about it, you can read about it. Uh, you know, I love reading books about leadership, but unless you do it, that is when you really learn. And so I think the best leadership opportunity we can give our staff at Prairie is to get them in those roles and to actually experience it, to go through the challenges, to experience the moments of success, uh, to lead others and to learn how to be the leader of others too. And, and just like we do as um, district administrators or building administrators. I still think the best learning opportunity I had as a leader was as an assistant principal with Greg Leadham. I had three years where, believe me, I failed, but Greg was always there to help pick me up and to say, you know what, it's okay, I did that too. Here's what, you know, let's talk about it. What's something you could do different? He was also there when I did something good and he would compliment me, say, hey, that's a great job. You know, keep doing it that way. Uh, he trusted me uh, to do stuff. I sometimes as can, as a first year, I'm like, "Wow, he's letting me do this," you know. But he trusted me. He knew that's how you grow uh, leadership. And so I really, because of my experiences, believe that's how we're going to continue to grow here within our system. And I think with our campus system, we have some great opportunities now. This year with COVID, we've had to cancel a lot of them. But hopefully next year we'll get back into. We have a lot of teachers that have opportunities to be in building leadership roles, but also district leadership roles. And that's a unique thing for our district that I think only strengthens what we provide our students. Yeah, no, that's so true. And, you know, yesterday was a professional learning day. Yep. And obviously uh, college community schools 
you know, professional learning for our district is, is a huge priority. So, um, you know, can you briefly talk about uh, the importance to provide and lead professional development in your own building? Yeah, professional development is a top priority for building leaders. And, you know, we're very fortunate at college community schools to have quality professional learning opportunities. As a teacher, when I was here, I experienced uh, professional learning that was way above what I could even get in other places. Uh, as an ad admin, I've had the same thing as a building principal. Uh, we're very fortunate to get experiences that you, you know, we don't have to leave our district and get great learning opportunities. Uh, not many schools can say they've had learning experience that our teachers have had over the last 20 years, and, and that is in part, um, we have a dedicated group of district administrators and board members uh, who believe that being the best at anything requires continuous growth. You know, education is constantly changing. We can't teach the way we did five years ago, ten years ago, even last year or two years ago. That's definitely during uh, the time we're in now. Uh, so professional learning and growth of our staff is just a huge priority. I also think if we want to attract and retain the best teachers in Iowa, we need to provide high-quality learning opportunities. Uh, so they can continue to grow and develop into the teacher they want to be. The best teachers want feedback, they want to keep growing, and they want to be the best that they can be for kids. So as a building leader, you know, I'm fortunate to have a leadership team that I work with and also a building cadre team that knows the importance of growth and learning. Um, they, it used to be where a principal a lot of times would be the only one leading the, the staff development, but now it's a, a united, or I should say, a, team effort so it's me our, our cadre our building leadership team which is our coach our facilitator counselor title one uh, we all lead together and we all take apart because we be, we are all learners i'm sitting in there with the teachers learning right with them um, i'm not going somewhere else doing something or that i want to be there right with them learning how to teach math and learning how to teach reading so i can better support them uh, but yeah, we're, you know, each professional learning experience may look a little different for me as a building principal. Sometimes I will take on more of a role if it's more of a district initiative and I've had more time with it. You may have different di building initiatives going on that might Correct. be different each, from the others. Yep. So yeah. we do have some district initiatives and then we also have building ones. And so some of the building ones are definitely led more by our building leadership team and our cadre and I'm a part of that because yeah. I'm a part of the leadership team in cadre and so we do it together but I remember L. Rowe years ago he was our curriculum director yeah. and a parent said why do we have so many professional learning days and you know uh, they have to take time off work and this and that and I remember L. Rowe responding back and said would you want your doctor to stop yeah. learning and she yeah. said well no and he said we feel the same about our teachers yeah. and that just struck yeah. a chord with everybody they kind of saw head nod yeah. like okay we get it yeah yeah we would be disappointed if other fields that we go to um, that serve us would never to continues to grow and you know I look at it this way too um, is that you know if we want to provide endless learning possibilities for our students and even to meet the expectations. We're lucky, our community really has high expectations for our school district, and that's a great thing. We need to continuously grow and learn to meet those ever-changing needs of our students. Um, you know, we can't afford to sit back and get complacent and just think that we got everything figured out. And yeah, we've had a lot of success, so it's just gonna continue to go that way. That's when usually you don't have success because you just think it's going to happen and you can just keep doing what you're doing. And thankfully, we have a lot of people in our district that don't believe in that and know that we got to keep growing and learning. And so I'm very thankful that we have the professional learning days. 
um, because to have a full day with your staff to learn is so huge. And then to go the next day to, to apply that learning to actual teaching, there's just a great connection there. Yeah, that's terrific. Well, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, professional development, let's talk about your own. What opportunities, uh, Scott, you know, do you take part in for your own pers personal uh, growth as a leader? Well, I've been very fortunate being a leader in this district. Uh, I've had several opportunities to participate in my own growth. Uh, we have district meetings every week, and then bi-weekly we have professional learning experiences that are led by our uh, district admin team and, uh, you know, Dr. Wheeler and, and Tracy Shipper and Laura Medbury and Roderick Wade and uh, Julie McKibben and Jerry Mortz and Steve, you've done some help with that. And so with our whole, and I apologize if I forgot someone on there, but uh, Allison West will be another one. You know, they've, we've had some great learning experiences building principles and as district admin. We've had some summer retreats where we've gotten together and it's really helped us to grow as a team, especially when you have new members uh, facing some of today's issues so that we were prepared to help our staff go through those issues as well. Uh, I think we're better because we learn together and we model that for our students that, hey, it's, it's okay for, we expect you to learn then we should expect ourselves to learn as well. Um, I also know that I, I want to continue to get better and I don't have this figured out. I've been doing this a long time now, but every year there's something I can learn. And so having those bi-weekly professional learning experience is, um, led by our district admin team has been great. We're also fortunate over this last several years, we've had some opportunities to travel uh, nationally. We've done some experiences where I've been able to travel outside of the state to go to conferences and meet other principals uh, from other states to learn new things that maybe are coming up, new strategies, new techniques. Even new visiting leadership. other districts is helpful. Yeah, I've had the opportunity to visit other districts and go uh, see what they're doing, just even around in our local area. Uh, I also then, um, now I'm the uh, state elementary principal rep on the executive council for SAI, so I'm the, they have one elementary principal and one high school principal, so I'm fortunate to do that and represent elementary principals in Iowa, and that's been a great What a great opportunity, experience. Yeah. yeah. And then I also am the rep for Grant Wood, AA for elementary principals at the state level, and so getting to talk to people at Grant Wood and at the state level, I've learned so much, especially this year, it's been a great resource uh, for me. You know, our, we've also had opportunities like last summer, we went to the McCrell Leadership Academy, which is a great learning experience. Uh, I've done some work through the state with uh, ELL leadership, which is called Power Up, and I met several different people from the state and even did some traveling with it. Uh, outside of school, I'm currently, I just started, I am now a commissioner on the Civil Rights Commission um, for the city of Cedar Rapids, and that has been a great experience for me uh, to be a commissioner to not only connect with more uh, community members in our district, but also to learn from them and to bring that learning into my job as a principal. That's great. Well, a couple more uh, questions quick I wanted to ask you before we uh, close out our podcast here. But, you know, this is your 14th year as a, <laughs> a, you know, a school building leader principal. Um, you know, what, what would be your fingerprints, you know, Scott, as you you know, down the road, obviously a ways away, but you know, uh, but when you retire, what are you hoping yeah. your fingerprints on your buildings at Heights and currently at Hill will be? 
You know, I thought I, this is a good, that's a really good question, Steve. You know, my hope is that when I retire, and that's a little ways away yet, that students and staff, uh, families and colleagues will know that they matter to me and that education and learning matters to me. Uh, I hope that they know or they knew that I worked as hard as I could to provide endless learning possibilities. Uh, so not only that they could grow academically uh, or as a teacher or leader, but also as a person. Um, I hope that they say that I made a difference in their life and that I cared about them and in some small way they're better because I was a part of that journey with them through in some of the kids preschool through fourth grade or beyond. You know I love being at a principal of prayer and, and I know that part of the amazing thing that my job that not others get is that I do get to make a difference every day in the lives of uh, individuals and so yeah I just hope that people know that I really cared that I love this job and that I gave everything I had to it uh, and that, you know, that I loved working here and that hopefully I made a difference in their life. Yeah, well, I think that will ring true when you decide to retire for sure. Well, I guess I'd like to wrap up with uh, what advice would you give to someone who wants to be a school principal? Well, I would encourage you to consider it. We need great school principals. We need to continue to grow uh, teacher leaders and teachers into being leaders. Uh, and think about a career as an administrator. Uh, this is a very rewarding uh, career, but it also can be challenging as well. Anytime you're in a leadership role, you face all kinds of uh, challenges, but also there's lots of rewards every day. Uh, it's a rare career, as I mentioned earlier, where you can positively change the life of an individual every day, and not every career you can say that. Uh, you know, while you're a teacher, gain as much as experience as you can in a variety of areas. You know, I mentioned earlier, and you had asked about the different roles I had. That only lent itself to help me be a better principal because I could see it through the lens of people that are doing it. So whether that's a specials teacher or a, a classroom teacher, or running or the coach. Zamboni, yeah, or, or <laughs> running this, yeah, that was a highlight of my career was running the Zamboni and cleaning the floors at Heights, helping them out a little bit. Um, so I can mark that down as an accomplishment, yeah. but. Yeah, that, you know, that experience lead just lends itself to your role as a principal, and you can work with individuals who all have different teaching positions or different viewpoints. Um, I'd encourage you to take on as many leadership roles as you can. We have opportunities this year. We've had to pull back some, but thankfully we'll get back to normal again, uh, whatever that is now, but we'll get back to where we'll have district opportunities, we'll have building opportunities. If you're really thinking about being a leader or want to be a leader, get into those roles and it's okay if you're brand new. That's when you're gonna learn is by doing those roles. Um, you know, while you're in that role, ask for feedback. You know, look for those opportunities to get mentoring. Find a mentor. You know, I was very fortunate. I had, my at West Harrison, I had a principal that knew I, right away from year one that I wanted to be a principal, so he let me help do some things with him. Uh, when I got to Prairie Heights and I started studying to be a principal, Dave Brown was awesome. He let me do things with him and, and uh, you know, be there in that role when he was gone to help cover some of it. So get involved, find a mentor that you can just talk to about being a leadership and uh, you know, get that experiences. And processes are important, but processes are not successful without people who feel like they're part of the bigger purpose. So um, focus on the people. You know, as you become that principal, after you get that experience, don't forget about the people. And it's because, all about relationships. Correct. You and can you can learn all these processes, and you can learn how to be a principal. 
but while you're in that experience, learn how to focus on the people because you're not, you can have the greatest system in the world, but if you don't have the people to run the system, you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. Well, Scott, this was uh, awesome. And, and I appreciate, uh, you know, I've had the uh, pleasure to work with you myself as a, as a friend and colleague and, and what you do here has been amazing for our district. But I, just the in-depth of, uh, you know, to see, because I don't think people understand what a building leader goes through on a daily basis because obviously the roles change hour by hour or something comes <laughs> yeah. up minute by minute. And, and, uh, but, uh, I just want to thank you for joining us for the podcast and, and, uh, yeah. and, and your leadership here in the district. And uh, hopefully uh, this gives our community some perspective and a little more insight to, yeah. uh, what it's like to be a school principal. Well, and I want to thank you for having us and for doing this and highlighting elementary principals and, you know, huge shout out to, Annie and Mike and Corey and, and to Kylie and to Jen and then Tracy as, as our directors. We have a great elementary team and so I'm very fortunate and they definitely make me a lot better. So thanks well, to that team too. We do have a great team, <laughs> but uh, thanks again, Scott. I, I really appreciate you joining us.